Well, welcome to uh, Roller Coaster. Yeah. You know, when I was a little kid, we would uh, go to the fair and the carnival, and I loved to ride the little coaster. You know what I'm talking about? They had like two, three-foot drops in it, went really slow. But as a kid, it was pretty cool. And uh, I remember my uh, first uh, real roller coaster it was at Six Flags when it first opened, and uh, the mine train, I'm curious, how many of you have ridden the mine train? Yeah, you need to see a chiropractor now if you ride it, but uh, it, it was rough, but it was a lot faster, and it had a lot more twists and turns, and it was definitely a step up from the kitty coaster at the carnival. But everything changed when I was in eighth grade. We, it was our uh, Six Flags trip uh, as a school, and the Screaming Eagle had just opened. And at, at the time, it was the longest, the fastest, and the tallest of all coasters in the world. And I remember waiting in line. We waited in line about three hours to, to ride it. And the whole time we're in line, as you got closer, you could hear all the screaming and everything going on. And as we waited, I noticed that some people got more anxious and some got more excited uh, about it. And so we finally reached the, the front of the line. We got loaded and it took off. And Screaming Eagle is well named because it took off like an eagle and we screamed the entire time. And I remember as the, the coaster pulled back into the station, I'm looking at some of my uh, classmates, and some of them look horrified, you know. And others, uh, it was, there was one, one person that was crying, and the rest of us were cheering, and we're just like, let's do it again. And so we rode the coaster three times. That's all we got accomplished uh, the whole day that we were there, but... I shared this recently, but I'm going to share it again. Didn't know I was going to do a series on roller coasters. And uh, a few years back, Cindy and I were in, in Orlando, and we were at Universal. And we decided that we were going to ride the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. And it had some very serious drops, corkscrews, inverted boomerang on it, and, and loops. It went backward. It went forward. And so we got in the seat, we got uh, strapped in, and friends, it took off like a jet. I mean, it just plastered us against the seat, and it was dizzying, it was disorienting, and you'd be looking and you'd think, okay, we're going to go right, and you'd go left, and you'd think you're going to go up, and all of a sudden the track would drop, and you would spiral down, and the, it was off the chain, all right? I turned to Cindy, we're coasting in to the home stretch, and I go, this is our life, honey, <laughs> you know. Now, I will tell you, when we exited, it was all we could do. I mean, we kind of stumbled and found a bench, and we sat down, and it probably took us 20 or 30 minutes to kind of get our bearings back. It, it was, it was that, that much of a ride. Friends, our lives are moving at this incredible speed, and they're full of twists and turns. And, and at times it's dizzying, sometimes it's scary, and from time to time, it, it is incredibly 
disorienting. Life is like a roller coaster. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. And a little exercise before we, we jump in here. And uh, we'll do a little aerobics. But how many of you love to ride a roller coaster? Both hands in the air. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes. So, all right. How many of you, when you ride the roller coaster, instead of doing this, you do this? <laughs> all right. So grab, grab your seat and hang on. All right. Now, how many of you would be willing to say that you rode a coaster one time and you swore you'd never do it again? (laughs) All right. So you look like this, all right? Just give me the look. Yeah. Life is a roller coaster. And I have seen a lot of stuff in my life. Things I do not like things that are not fair. I have seen people that have power take advantage of people that are weak. I've seen good people get knocked down. I've seen innocent people suffer and have to go through a lot of pain. Life is not predictable. There's a lot of twists and turns. There are a lot of climbs in lives and a lot of drops. And sometimes things move forward, and sometimes they go backwards, don't they? Sometimes I I watch and I observe the world, and I think, God, when are you going to do something about that? And sometimes God pushes back and says, when are you going to do something about that? There are a lot of questions that are just difficult to answer. And especially when life is spiraling and you're in these steep drops in life. We're going to look at the life of a prophet by the name of Habakkuk. You know, one of the questions that kind of drives the book and you find him asking over and over, he wants to know why things aren't fair. And I bet just about everybody here has wondered that from time to time. Habakkuk starts out, it says, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? See, I think like Habakkuk, we uh, cry out to God sometimes. But it seems like God's not listening. God's not doing anything. He goes on, he says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing, destruction, and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abounds. You know, why God? You know, how long are you going to allow this to happen, Lord? He's worn He's tired of it. Can you identify with that? I mean, maybe you're asking those type of questions today. You know, why, why is it that evil people seem to prosper? You know, why is it that good people have bad things happen to them? 
You know, why is it I work hard, I'm honest, but the kiss-up jerk that has no morals gets the promotion? It's hard to understand, isn't it? An ungodly person, done all sorts of bad stuff, and they live to be 100 years old. But a great follower of Jesus Christ who's taken care of themselves and tried to do the right thing, well, they get cancer and die at 40. What's up with that? You know, you, you try and raise your kids the right way according to, to God's word, and the fact is they're a mess today. And some parent that wasn't even engaged with their kids, not even involved in their life, and, and they're, they're okay, I mean, it's puzzling. You're like, what's up with that, God? I mean, how come I I, I try and do the right things financially, yet someone that spends like a fool wins the lottery? I mean, why why is it? I mean, why is it? You seem to answer the prayers of other people, but when I pray, nothing, nothing. You know, why do I struggle with anxiety? Why do I battle depression? Why can't I get ahead? You know, why can't I meet the right person? Why can't I have children? Why can't I get a job like that? I mean, why can't you fill in the blank, all right? I mean, Lord, you could do something. But you don't. Why? Anybody on this ride with me? (laughs) You know, Habakkuk, he was asking God a lot of questions. And so, just so you get perspective here, Habakkuk had deep faith, okay? He had a great love for God. He's cruising along. Everything's going fine. He's in what I call the climb. Yeah, he's climbing and climbing and climbing. And then the bottom drops out. He hits these unexpected twists and turns. It's a very, very disorienting time and season in his life. And I, I'm guessing some of you can relate to this, can't you? Now, a little context, and then we'll kind of jump into this. Habakkuk is one of 12 minor prophets that are in the Old Testament. And of all the prophets, we know the least about him. You know, from history and archaeology and what have you. We we know he was a priest. We know he was a prophet. Most likely he was a temple musician. And so a prophet it was someone that would seek answers from God. They would seek guidance from God. And so God would use those prophets to speak to the people then. And that's where you get the thus says the Lord, and then they would tell you what God had told them. This book's written about 600 B.C. This is a time when when God's people, well, they're corrupt. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of ungodliness in the world. And Right's becoming wrong and wrong's becoming right. And there's all this injustice. And so 
there, there were bad people doing bad things to good people. That's what was going on. And even the good people are starting to behave very badly. They're actually becoming, Scripture says, increasingly wicked. And so things are twisted. Does any of this sound familiar? In the midst of it, Habakkuk's, he's questioning God, and and he's complaining. And God speaks to him and basically says, and I'm giving you uh, a head look, okay? We'll we'll get there, but this will help you understand what we're going to talk about. God says to him, for your own good, I'm going to allow my people to be taken over by people that are far worse than any of you. They're more evil. They're going to get the better of you for a while. And Habakkuk's like, no, 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 no. You know, this does not seem fair, God. And so Habakkuk starts wrestling with God. He's going through some really difficult times. And so in the midst of that, and and this is what we're going to find out, is in the midst of the wrestling and the questioning, he embraces God and he holds on tight to God. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, this is not a tidy sitcom message, all right? You know how this goes. I mean, growing up, I would watch shows like The Brady Bunch and Happy Days, Gilligan's Island, you know, Good Times. And so that's what's wrong with me, I think. But uh, anyway, those shows, they would always start out with some kind of a tension on the front end. And then in 30 minutes commercials included, everything would get worked out nice, neat, and tidy. That's really not how things work, is it? Life doesn't work that way. And it's definitely not how things are going to work in this roller coaster ride that Habakkuk's on. Uh, Habakkuk, his ride really resembles real life when you read it. There's tension, there's drama, and a lot of unanswered questions. You know, he picks up in verse 4, he says, the laws have become paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. You know, Lord, as far as I can see, nothing's fair. Where are you in all of this? You know, what are you doing? And we have this throughout Scripture. If you read carefully, we see great men men and women of faith. They're they're questioning God. And in fact, I'm going to say something. You need to take this one and just tuck it back. I believe questioning God can become the most significant part of your faith walk and journey. You know, over a a third of the the Psalms are people crying out to God, complaining, venting, questioning. The Old Testament book of of Job and Lamentations, you, you find the very same thing. You skip to the New Testament. I mean, Jesus, Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, he's been completely obedient to God. 
But there's a point where Jesus becomes sin, and God has to turn away from him. And you find Jesus going, why, God? Why? Why why have you forsaken me in this moment? And my point is, too many followers of Jesus Christ, too many people are afraid to ask God the gut-wrenching questions. Asking God, being honest with God, is an important part of your faith journey. In fact, it is vital to you growing in your faith. I mean, what do you do when what you see is different than what you believe is right? Fair. Just. When when you first became a Christian, you, you know, you came to that point and you go, I need God in my life. And so you turn to to God and you're like, I'm yours. I'm in. I believe in you. And so you start on this ride. And initially, usually with new new faith, you see God working. You know, you're you're in the climb. You're climbing and climbing. You know, you come to church and you hear a message and you go, man, I feel like that was for me. You know, some, something happens in your life and you pray and God moves and you go, see, God, God's real. And you're like, yay, God, yay. And it's a thrilling ride initially. You're excited, full of hope. You're following obediently. I mean, you sense God's presence and guidance often. It's what people say is spiritual high. Some of you, that may be where you are today. But at some point, you hit the drop. Start facing challenges, struggles. You come to church and the service, the message, just doesn't quite speak to you. See the tracks changing and not in a good way. You pray. Instead of God doing what you ask, you hit the 360 curve. You're going the opposite way. You start thinking, what's up with that, God? You ever thought that? Another turn, loss of a loved one, an accident, a divorce, get dismissed from a job. You know, after a turn or two, It's a crisis of faith. You're questioning things. Your your trust in God, it's, it's being challenged. And based on what you are experiencing and seeing, your spiritual equilibrium, it's it's off a little bit. And you want to go back. You want to go back to when things were going your way. When your life was on the climb and, and you're looking and going, oh, I see a good future. But what do you do when what you see is not consistent with what you believe? I mean, what do you do when you're not sure what you think about God? 
Well, there's a couple things you can do. I mean, one, you could just uh, go the way of denial, pretend like everything's okay, even though you know it's not. Or, or you could uh, go the kind of positive thinking track and go your way alone without God. Lots of people do that. Or, and this is what I want to suggest to you, you take a more difficult track. God, I'm going to continue to trust you anyway. Even though I don't understand, even though I don't get it. And I want to be really clear here. If you choose this track, it does not mean that things will get better at first. All right? They, they actually might get worse, more painful, more challenges. But here's what I'm going to promise you. If you hold tight to God, no matter what's happening around you, no matter how disorienting and chaotic and disappointing, if you hang on to God for dear life, even when you're not sure, your relationship with God will be closer and your trust will soar at some point. And it will take you to a place that you never dreamed possible spiritually in your life. You know, James writes this. He says, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face various trials, consider it all joy. Let that pause for a minute. Just think about that. When you face various trials, consider it all joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance complete its work so that you may be complete and whole, what? Lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. See, God may allow you to go through a season of doubt, fear, insecurity, a season where you got a lot of questions, but none of them are getting answered. But because he's doing something in you, God allows it because without going through that, there's no other way you're going to get where you need to get. You know, I have been through a lot of these seasons in my life. You know, times when I, I was disoriented, I was hurt, I was confused, I wasn't sure which way was up and which way was down, and I could spend the whole morning telling you story after story after story when things did not go the way I wanted them to go. Days full of uncertainty confusion, brokenness, what have you. But I can tell you absolutely, 100%, that if you hold tight to God, if you're willing to talk to God and just be honest with God about how you feel, what you think, question Him, just say what's on your heart, good, bad, ugly. Over time, not overnight, over time, God will strengthen your faith. And it is a ride 
that will lead you to a stronger foundation and a much smoother ride ultimately in life. Some of you today, it's chapter one, Habakkuk. You're disoriented. You're struggling. You're not sure what you believe right now. The fact is, it's okay to be there. It's okay for you to go, God, where are you in all this? What are you doing? Come on, give me a break. It's where Habakkuk was. God, I need answers. I do not understand what is happening around me. And God responds, and it's a hold on to your seat kind of response. It is not what Habakkuk wanted to hear. God says to him, he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. But I am going to do something in your day that you will, would not believe even if you were told. And that, that word amazed in the Hebrew, it, it's the idea sudden, sudden in your face. You know, it's an alarming astonishment about what God's doing. It, God's kind of warning him, saying, you better hold on tight because what I'm about to do is going to knock you off your feet. He says, I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless, impetuous people. The Babylonians were the enemies of Israel, of God's people. They were ungodly. They were feared. They were lawless. They were violent, self-promoting, ruthless people. And Habakkuk says, O Lord my God, my Holy One, you are eternal. Surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. God informs Habakkuk. He says, I know my people, I know Israel despises the Babylonians. But I'm actually going to use the Babylonians to accomplish something very great, something significant. And I bet as you hear that, some of you are going, what? That, that's not right. That's not how things are supposed to work. That's unfair. Friends, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can be deeply committed in your faith. And at the same time, you can express questions and struggle in your faith. See, it's, it's possible to believe God and be unsure at the same time. Some of you, maybe that's how you feel today. There's a story in the New Testament. Um, it's found in Mark 9. And it's a father whose uh, child is uh, possessed by an evil spirit. And, the, and this father just is frustrated. He's done everything he can to try and help his son. And so he, he comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, he says, if you could do something for my son, I'd appreciate it, you know. And Jesus goes, if I could, you know, 
All things are possible if you believe. Do, do you believe that I can do something? And I love the dad's response. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe, but uh, I'm struggling here. You know, I'm going through a tough time here. And it's interesting because as he says that, he says, you know, I believe, but I'm not sure. Jesus goes, I can work with that. I'll let your faith catch up. Hold on to your seat. I'm going to do something amazing. And Jesus heals the boy. God's about to do something incredible. He's about to do something really special in Habakkuk's life for the people of God and Israel at that time. It's going to be amazing. So amazing, they'll never be the same. But they cannot get there without going through a crisis in their faith. God informs him. He says, you know, the the Babylonians are coming. They're coming for you. They're going to take you down. Here comes the questions again. (laughs) They just keep coming for him. He says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot look at harm favorably. Why do you look favorably on those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked fall up, swallow up those more righteous than they? God, I can't believe this. God, I, I, I believe you, but, but this is difficult to process. I don't understand it. I don't get it. See, it's a roller coaster here. And, and here's what I want you to get. It's one, one simple thing today. If you are struggling in your life, going through something, if you're questioning God, you know, you look around, you go, what in the world? You know, wondering if God cares, is even paying attention. If you're thinking, this is not fair, it's okay. In fact, I'd encourage you to keep questioning Keep the questions coming. Keep wrestling with God. It's part of the roller coaster of faith that you're on. And this is my best advice to you today. Hold tight to God, even if you're not sure. Because I promise you, God will hold tight to you in that. There's coming a time, again, I promise you this, there will come a time that you will actually be stronger than you are right now. But at this point, well, all you can do is hold tight. Lord, I I believe, well, I'm trying, okay, Help me with my unbelief. Whatever that struggle is, that thing, 
whatever it is, you go, that's just not right. Hold tight to God and keep questioning Him. Hold tight to God. It's okay to have that moment. I believe, I want to believe, I'm not sure I believe, I don't get it, but you keep holding tight. And we're going to pick this up next week, but let's bow in a word of prayer together. God, I know there are some here today. Well, they're on the drop. Things are spinning. Out of order. There's a struggle. And God, I pray whatever it is that uh, you'd give them the courage to voice it to say it, to vent, to question you. God, you just whisper, it's okay. Just say what you need to say. God, when they do that, that uh, you would also whisper, say it's going to be okay. I'm in the midst of this, even though you can't see me. But I'm going to do something amazing through whatever it is. God, I thank you for the times that uh, there were many of us that we would go, life really did get confusing. But you did something great out of something horrible. That you are a God that can create and recreate. That you can open up new opportunities. That you can do something new out of something old and broken. And God, I pray that uh, we just learn to hold tight to you. And God, help us in those times when we need to overcome our unbelief. God, I pray that you would uh, just whisper words of assurance to those that are struggling, that you'd help them find their way. And God, when you do move, when you open up that new door, God, I pray they'll sing your praises to those around you and around them. God, we give you the glory We give you the praise this day and every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. God's people said, amen. Let's stand, let's worship. Uh, Prayer teams will be down front. Need prayer this morning and uh, they'd love to pray with you.